week three of the Kingdom Rewind here on Arrowhead Live. I'm Roman Metcalf alongside with Sean Dixon. Sean, how you doing this week? I'm doing good, Roman. Uh, what's what's new? Uh, not a whole lot. Just been working and sleeping a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. Still doing the. I'm still doing the work from home. Uh, hopefully, hopefully sometime they'll let us go back to the office. But uh, other than that, it's uh, business business as usual. Yep. So this week on the Kingdom Rewind, Sean and I have decided to narrow down uh, our top five list of Kansas City Chiefs that never got the chance to reach the Super Bowl and that we thought should have won the Super Bowl and got the never that they never got the chance to you know taste the the sweet victory and glory of ho- hoisting up that Lombardi Trophy. So with that being said, I'm gonna hand it over to Sean so he can go to number five on his list. Well, thanks Roman. Uh, I'd like to have a disclaimer that, that me and Roman have a, have a quite a big age gap. So our, our lists are going to be a lot different because we're, we're, uh, we, uh, we hold a little something more for the guys that we actually witnessed. And so, so a lot of mine might be a little, little, uh, farther, farther in history than, than Romans would be. But my number five is, uh, Tony G. Uh, he's got the most receptions, the most yards, most touchdowns among any player in franchise history. He holds league records for most receptions, yards and touchdowns in a career by a tight end. Um, you know, when, when I witnessed Tony playing, uh, it seemed like he was the only one scoring touchdowns sometimes in the, in those, especially in those, in those really bleak years there where, where we weren't putting together a lot of game, a lot of wins. And, you know, it just seemed like, Oh, well the offense is horrible except for Tony Gonzalez. And, you know, the way he left, it was, you know, he wanted to, he wanted to actually win a playoff game. He hadn't, he never did that in Kansas city, even being on that 2003 uh, team where they had the you know number one offense. Um I re- so, I, real quick, if I can cut in, yeah, I remember when Tony Gonzalez left to go to Atlanta. It was it was very uh, heartbreaking. I absolutely. was I don't remember a whole lot of him playing. Um, my grandpa was a season ticket holder, so I I went to a lot of Chiefs games when I was younger. And I do I can t- the only thing I do remember from those games was Tony Gonzalez. I just remember '88, and that was that was the. Remember, memorable thing I remember from going to Arrowhead was Tony Gonzalez. And like you said, I mean, he wanted to go somewhere to win and stuff and that they weren't really that good. I felt, I feel like, you know, I, I, with that statement you made, he was, he was really the glue that kept that offense together. I mean, he was really that kind of that, that guy that that was out there that really kind of made that Chiefs offense stick together and really, help them perform and maybe help them reach their peak or their highest level in certain games. Right. Well, to me, he was, he was like the, to me, he felt like the first tight end that was actually used that way in an offense, you know, back in the day, tight ends were, they, they, they would catch passes. Sure. And stuff. They were, they were more of your, your, your outlet guys, your, your, your safety nets or whatever, but he was actually an offensive weapon that, that now you're seeing, you know, Travis Kelsey, that, that, that guy, that guy is basically just a, just a big receiver. And that, and I feel like that type of tight end started with Tony Gonzalez. So it was, it was really disappointing that, that he couldn't, he couldn't come away with even a playoff win, let alone a Super Bowl. So that's why he's my number five. 
Yeah, I, I would I would have loved to have seen Tony Gonzalez win a Chiefs uh, win a Super Bowl in a Chiefs uniform. Uh, and I know that I believe it was uh, after the Chiefs had won the Super Bowl, he had made a hit at coming back or coming out of retirement to play for the Chiefs. And I had a uh, I thought I thought that had been pretty cool. And that kind of got me at first thinking like he he might actually make his return. But uh, yeah, I think I, I think a lot of be, us were hoping it wasn't just a joke. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be something else if that was if that would have been true. Who do you got at your number five, Roman? So, for me, it was before you know before talking uh, before the show talking and stuff. I had I had quite a big list, and so narrowing it down. Uh, number five, I have the human joystick, Dante Hall. Um, yeah, I mean, we drafted we drafted him fifth. Uh, in the fifth round, uh, 153 in 2000 draft uh, at running back, and uh, he, I mean, there's there's not much that you can't say about Dante Hall. I mean, uh, his nickname has it all, the human joystick. I mean, he would, he made opposing players look silly. Uh, I mean, he just, he was a special teams killer he he could he could make it happen on offense and on special teams he uh he played seven seasons with the chiefs and then he left and went across town and played in st louis but he um that that oh three season for dante hall was was amazing he he just he you know I think there was like four games where he had like a, a punt return or a kick return in, in each, each of those games. And including that one, the, 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 the highlight reel, we always see the 93 yard punt against the uh, Broncos where he like cuts back twice and then reverses his field and takes it up the sidelines. And everyone's like, how do you do that? <laughs> and, and Broncos players are just kind of stepping all over each other. It was, he was definitely fun to watch. Oh, for sure. As watching his highlights are, um, it, it can get you excited. I mean, looking at his stats, it, he had his punt return stats. Uh, he had 2,261 yards um, on punt returns. And on kick return, he had 10,136 yards. He had uh, six, punt, uh, six punt return touchdowns, and he had six kick return touchdowns. Yeah, he also he, had also he had nine receiving touchdowns and one thousand seven hundred and forty seven receiving yards. He you know, it was interesting. He he wasn't really known for like being a receiver, but they, they did use him occasionally in that offense and, and he hit a couple home runs there where where you know you'd catch him on a cross and then he'd have too much speed for them to catch him in the open field and he was gone. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it was a size thing or if it was just an offensive scheme thing, but I always, I was always curious why he wasn't used more in the, you know, you see, you see McCall Hardman, McCall Hardman's our returner now and he's, he's electrifying as a return man, but we also use him in, in the receiving game and, and he's one of, you know, he's one of the big weapons for Patrick Mahomes. I don't know why that was never the case with Dante Hall. And I think that, uh, and kind of piggybacking off what you said right there is I think it's kind of the back in that time or back in that time, I mean, it was 20 years ago. I mean, it was, I guess it was kind of at the time, the schemes and how coaches are running things that really wasn't, I guess how things are now. That wasn't the biggest, biggest, like, 
how coaches wanted to run things and how you don't see players being used in offenses back offense back then like they are being used now like exactly, I mean yeah. you can use a player now in any offense and they can be deadly back then I mean it was it seemed like they were a one trick pony well, yeah, I mean, you know, the the Chiefs had Dick Vermeil as their coach back in 03 when he when he had the that electrifying season. Uh, you know, Dick Vermeil was the coach of the Rams. You know, the the that Rams team with Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk that that won the Super Bowl. He also had a guy named Azahir Akeem who kind of fit that same mold. Who was a really really dynamite return guy that they would sprinkle into the offense a little bit. So I felt like he was kind of just you know, recreating that in Kansas City with Dante Hall. And real quick, before I send it over to you for your number four, it what really caught my eye was is he really didn't have any stats at running back and we drafted it at run, him at running back. And he where he really had beefy stats was at kick returner, punt returner, and wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, so with, who with, was – yeah, with my number four, I I, uh, I had Jamal Charles. Uh, I think I think some fans may think that that's a little low on this list, but uh, you know he he uh, he averaged five point four four yards per carry over his career, which is the fourth most all time. He leads Chiefs in rushing yards with seven thousand two hundred sixty, and has the franchise record for a single game with two hundred fifty nine yards. I mean he 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 was a home run threat every time he touched the ball. Like uh, I remember that. I remember a, a game against the saints where uh, we, I think the, the chiefs were, I think that was the 2012 season where they won two games all year and they were just, they were just horrible and they were losing that game. And then boom, Jamal Charles has an 80 yard touchdown run and they completely turn that game and come back and win it. And, and that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of, you know, game changer that he was. And, uh, but, you know, he had injuries. He was, he was, you know, he, I think he got hurt in 2011 and then he came back and got hurt a few years later and, and it was just hard for him to stay healthy, uh, at times, but, uh, but, you know, he, he, he deserved, he, he deserved a ring because of some of the offenses that, that just like Tony Gonzalez, he was the only guy they had, you know, you know, when Matt Castle was the, you know, he had to play with Matt Castle for, for a large part of his career. And, and he had to put the team, that offense on his shoulders. And it just, it just wasn't enough to get there. That 2010 season, you know, he had, he had a great, a great season then, and they were able to make it to the wild card and, and, and lose to the Ravens. So it's a, Definitely disappointing for Jamal. Yeah, I, I mean that was most Jamal was, uh, probably one of the most exciting players. Top one of my top fifteen chief players to watch growing up. I mean, he was he was a really really fun player to watch. I mean, I I enjoyed watching him and him even when he came back from tearing his ACL that first time. I mean, he, he still looked good. I mean, after he tore it the second time, he didn't, he didn't look as good, like he had as much juice, but I mean, he was still, uh, he, he's really that guy that like, I mean, he was really humble. He seemed like, I mean, he, he was, he never had any off the field issues. He was a very like down to earth guy. It seemed like, so he, he's, he's the kind of guy that 
really he really put his head down and grinded and and worked and he he really deserved a Super Bowl ring. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He's one of those guys that that I remember when he went and signed with the Broncos and seeing him in that jersey. Like like not too many players can leave and go to another team, and it really affects me that much. Seeing him in that Broncos jersey made me sick to my stomach. I know, I know, it didn't pan out for him in Denver, and thankfully, because it would have made me even feel worse. But, <laughs> but, but uh, it just—it was really sad to see him go. And I know he wanted to finish. I know he wanted. He felt like he could produce more, but just the injuries caught up with him. So, who you got for your number four, there, Roman? So at my number four, this was this was really hard, but I had the hard-hitting safety from Tennessee, Eric Berry. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think that there's really not much to say about Eric Berry. I mean, when you think about the Chiefs and you think about um, I mean, their defense the last, I mean, from 2010 on, and especially the last like three or four years, five years, you think about the leader, the captain of that defense. You think about Eric Berry. I mean, that 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 is a guy that truly deserves a Super Bowl ring. And I mean, he, I mean, he was here with us. I mean, when we played the Titans, and we lost to them uh, last year when we lost in double overtime, and that also was the last time that. Eric Berry and Justin Houston and Derek Johnson all would have taken the field together. I mean, that was, that was a pretty, pretty sad moment too. But I mean, that he is the, he is the guy that I will debate. I'll, I'll take to the grave with me debating that he deserves a Super Bowl ring. Like he, he's, I mean, he'd be, so uh, Eric Berry, I mean, you think about you know j- just the Chiefs defense, and he's he's that guy. I mean, beating cancer, all that. Eric Berry, there's really not much to say. I mean, you know what he he's done on the field. You, I mean, you say his name, and you can. For me, I can picture, and I I can know what Eric Berry has done, and that's he's just that. For me, there's not much that needs to be said. He just the way what he's done, what he's been through, and how he's come together, he deserves a Super Bowl ring, and that will be like I'll take that with me forever. Like he's he's one of the top safeties in the league that I've ever seen play. Like top three, he's, top five. He's he's definitely one of my favorite players. The thing I remember about Eric Berry is Eric Berry is the first person that coming out of the draft that was the guy I wanted the chiefs to pick first with their, with their, they had the fifth pick at the time. He was the guy I wanted them to pick. He was the one I've been watching all off season and they actually did it every year since then or, or before that they never picked the guy that I wanted good or bad. You know, I'm not a GM by any means, but I, uh, he was the guy I wanted. They picked him and you know, his rookie year, he just started with a bang. He had, I think he had six picks his rookie year. Uh, I remember I, I recently just watched the uh, the that 2010 season, the first week one against the Chargers when they started. It was his first game, and he actually got cucked a little bit by uh, Antonio Gates. And uh, <laughs> you know, it was like you know, and, they, and the commentators made a comment. They wanted to know, 
they were like, they said it'd be really interesting to see how he'd be able to handle Gates. Well, by the end of his tenure with the Chiefs, he was, you know, he was handling anybody. And, and, and then for what he went through with, with the cancer to come back into the play at a Pro Bowl level like that, you know, they said that he, uh, he worked out during his chemotherapy and actually gained a pound. And, you know, that's just, that's amazing uh, to see I mean, that kind of dedication. I mean, that's a competitor. If I can real quick, I mean, I'll just read, I'll read off some stats to you. I mean, he, he played in 89 games at, with the Chiefs. He had 14 interceptions. These are his career stats. He had 300, 374 yards, five touchdowns. He had four forced fumbles. He had two uh, fumble recoveries. He com- uh, His solo tackles went for 377. He assisted 68, and he assisted and tackled for loss 29. And he hit the quarterback 14 times, and his uh, combo sacks were 445. So, I mean, he was in – I mean, he played – his primary position was strong safety, but I know that in that 2014 and 2015 season, they kind of had him playing like the left side cornerback and safety position kind of slot. And then in the 2015, they had him playing a little bit of free safety. So, But, I mean, he was – it didn't really matter where you had him. If Eric Berry was on the field, watch out. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it did. I mean, even if he wasn't, even if he wasn't necessarily a ball hawk, he was going to bring the boom. So oh, you better watch yeah. out. Yeah, and and you know he's a lot like a lot like Jamal. The the way we talked about him, the way it ended, it's a, it's a shame the way it ended because he did battle injuries. He had the the Achilles, and then he battled the heel injuries, and uh, it was just you know there's still there's still a report out that he wants he wants to, you know, play this coming season. I don't know if anyone's actually looked at him or, or if he's healthy, but it just felt like injuries were catching up with him as well. And it's a, it's a shame that he wasn't able to be a part of this last year's Super Bowl run. I would love to, I don't know if we, the Chiefs probably don't have the money and I, they would probably, I mean, maybe for moral support or maybe as just a cheerleader, but <laughs> I would love to see the Chiefs bring him back and see him play a little bit, get some snaps and under that Spagnuolo defense and see him win a Super Bowl ring. I mean, he deserves it. I, I mean, that is it'd be interesting what he does what he does post career. If 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 that if if coaching is an option for him, if he I think I think he seems like he would have the mindset and the attitude to go into a coaching role as like a secondary coach or something like that. Oh yeah, for sure. I'd love to see that. So who do you have at number three? So number three I have Priest Holmes. And Priest Holmes another injury guy, guy who battled injury a lot, didn't didn't actually play a lot of uh, uh, a lot of years with the Chiefs and he he actually I think if, I, if if looking at the list, I think he's the only one that actually has a Super Bowl ring, but he has it with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he he has the 2003 record for touchdowns in a season with 27, which has been broken several times since then. But he led the league in rushing in 2001, his first year with the Chiefs, uh, and he led in TD in touchdowns in 2002 and 2003. He uh, 
he was a guy, he wasn't, he was a lot different runner than Jamal Charles, but he was a guy who, who would, was patient enough to find the hole and then attack. And, and, and that's why it was, you know, he was a very good red zone back, you know, in, in the, uh, you know, anytime we were in, in goal line situations or whatever, he was able to get in, you know, we're, we're used to these guys, you know, like Jamal and stuff like that, who are more of these speedy backs who hit them real long runs and they just can't catch him. You know, Priest Holmes is a guy, you know, third and two, you know, you just give it to him. it will be fine. And, uh, and, but he could also, he could also break, break long runs too. Um, but, but you know he had that uh, he had he had a neck injury that shortened his career. He had hip surgery um, after the O two season. It's just that you know he was he was the the trend of my list is kind of that O three season because they had such such a prolific offense, but the defense was so horrible that that they were never going to be able to do anything in the playoffs. And you know that playoff that play that playoff game they played in O three was the uh, no punt game. And uh, I actually remember that game because it's unfortunate, but uh, kind of what what turned the table that kind of kind of gave the Colts the edge was uh, Priest Holmes actually fumbled after a long run, and uh, and and caused caused probably I think the only turnover in that game, which which kind of gave the Colts the edge to go on to win it. But but he had I think he had 176 yards rushing in that game, and uh, and he was just he was doing whatever he wanted during that game, but. But it was unfortunate that they couldn't make a playoff run. That that he wasn't a part of that. Yeah, that Priest Holmes was another guy that I. I mean, I don't. I wish I could. I mean, he was still around when I was growing up a little bit. I I just wish that I could remember a little bit more about you know watching him and and you know just kind of remembering how he played and being able to see that, but. Right. Well, he only, he only played, he only played two full seasons for the chiefs. He only played or two complete seasons. I should say, you know, he had, he got hurt at the end of 2002 where he only played four, 14, but since, since the 03 season, he had eight games in 04 and seven games in 05. He missed the entire 2006 season and then came back to play in four games in 07 when he, you know, suffered another another neck injury and had to had to ultimately call it quits. So it's a definitely a, definitely it's, a shame that he wasn't able to have the longevity that some of these other guys have had. It, it does. Uh, I mean, that's a position that that doesn't last very long. I mean, you see yeah. it with Holmes, Charles. I mean, I mean, you see it with a lot of these guys. I'm drawing some blanks with with some other na- big key names, but I mean. Well, dating all the way back to the early '90s, you had Christian Okoye, who uh, yeah. you know had had just a couple years with the team before suffering a knee injury. Running back, running back has a short shelf life, so it is it is a uh, it is a shame that that you see a lot of these guys not not walk away with any hardware because they just didn't last long enough in the league. So, uh, who who do you have with your uh, number three player? So I went with the 6'3", 270, left outside linebacker, Justin Houston. Um, That's that's another guy who uh, kind of the theme for me is the last, I mean, like I said, kind of taken from, you know, the last few years. I had a bunch of offensive guys that 
uh, it was kind of hard for me to narrow it down. But then I really, I mean, sat there and thought like no contest. I mean, cause I had guys like Anthony Thomas and Tony Moyaki and some of those other guys in, in my list who, who really did contribute. Cause like Thomas's first two years in the league, I mean, he was, he was great on punt and kick returns. I mean, that was the guy that you, you needed to be afraid of if you were coming to play the chiefs. Yeah. But I've, I shifted focus to like, this is the guy, Justin Houston is that guy. I mean, he, we drafted him in 2011 and he played with us until 2018. And I mean, he was with us in the game, um, the season that we were number one in the league and defense and we went to Indianapolis where he unfortunately plays now and we let them come back from a what was it 45 yeah point deficit yeah yeah I think yeah, I, that, yeah. well I think I think it was would, a it was was it a I think it was like 35 to 10 when they started the comeback I believe and yeah. uh, and I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie and hearing his name when he sacked uh old patty this year it was uh it kind of made me sick to my it kind of made me sick to my stomach i mean it was that that really did make me sick to my stomach but i mean that's because at one point in time like i didn't really know at this season i'm not afraid to admit i didn't know if we were going to go to the super bowl because pat was out and like it just i didn't feel like the like if we were going to be able to you know, like what was at the time, what was going to happen. And so it was just, but that's, Houston is a guy, I mean, he's, he's been here. He's seen it, almost seen it all. I mean, there's, for, for most of these guys, there's not much that I can say. I mean, they did most of their talking on the field. And if you're a Chiefs fan, you know what they did. I mean, you've seen them, you saw what they did every Sunday. I mean, Sunday, I mean, it was, they, they were a freak of an athlete. I mean, he was, he was that guy. He was a leader. He was just like Eric Berry. I mean, that's, that was the man. So I, he was, that's another guy that I, I wish would have won a ring with the Chiefs. And he really does deserve a, a Super Bowl ring that, uh, that says Kansas City Chiefs on it. I guess I, I guess I'll probably I'll probably disagree a little bit on the Justin Houston one, just because you know he had that he had that 2014 year we had 22 sacks. It was it was you know amazing. He couldn't you couldn't block him. He and I thought I thought there for a long time that he was going to break the sack record for the season. Um, oh, yeah. But but then since then it was 7.5. He 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 never played a complete season after that. Uh, I guess he had 15, he had fifteen in two thousand seven seventeen he had fifteen games but he had he he never got double digit sacks again uh, you know he well, was he was always plagued in the injury. Well, I mean, he didn't get that with us, but last season, um, this past season with the Colts, he had he played in all sixteen games and he had eleven sacks. That that's the other thing. I feel like a little bit robbed. I mean, he can he can give the Colts a full season and then put up double digit sacks. <laughs> I mean, we've been we've been wanting that since 2014. But uh, no, I, I won't I won't shy away the fact that he was an amazing player for us, and he 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 uh, 
he he changed a lot of games for us because because of how well he was able to pursue the quarterback. And uh, it just you know we dumped we dumped that hundred million hundred and one million dollar contract after the fourteen season, and we never saw really the fruits of those labors. And uh, let me let me toss something out to you to you real quick. Let, uh, I mean, because I'm looking at his stats. I mean, they are kind of pitiful after that <laughs> that twenty two sack season. I wouldn't yeah. say pitiful, um, but they weren't worth a hundred and one million dollars. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, um, but. You know, uh, some tells me that maybe he wasn't being used right, or he wasn't uh, necessarily being maybe maybe his body wasn't being uh, you know being wasn't in the right sh- shape or the right place during those few seasons. Because look who he had at defensive coordinator, and I'm not saying it's oh, all yeah. his fault, but I, but. I'm he he deserves some of that blame. Bob I, I, I agree. I agree. Bob Sutton was was rough, and 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 we had a lot of bad years with Bob Sutton, and 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 they did do some like kind of load management things with Justin Houston there. Say you know saying they were saving him up for the playoffs and stuff like that. But uh, but so so there is something to be said for that. But you know, I guess I guess what I will say is that uh, I hope he doesn't win one now. <laughs> oh, I don't. I honestly, I don't. I hope I I don't think that, and I don't want to like ruin it or jinx it or anything. But I hope that uh, I mean, it seems like there's a new sheriff in town, and he's we have him here in yeah. Kansas City. So yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't think Indy's going to be the ever 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 really going to be the team to be in during the remainder of Justin Houston's career. But I was a little disappointed to see him. You know, like you said, uh, you know, put one on Patty <laughs> and and, yeah. and and continue to have an eleven sack season. That was a little disappointing, but <clears throat> but nonetheless, he was he was he was a great athlete. Um, I'm going to move on to my uh, my uh, number two guy, and that's Will Shields. Will Shields, <clears throat> excuse me. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for my number one guy, he would be number one because because he had fourteen year fourteen years with the team. He was he was a chief from day one. He never missed a game. Uh, he started every game, but his very first one when he was a rookie, and uh, he blocked for guys like Priest Holmes, Larry Johnson, and all the way back to Marcus Allen. And he went to the Pro Bowl twelve times. He was he was the cornerstone of that offensive line for every year that he was with the team. And uh, it's, and and you know when you look at when you look at our offensive line now, especially the interior where there's some gaps and there's some you know, maybe room for improvement. It makes me long for the days where we had a guy like Will Shields there that was, uh, you know, setting, uh, opening big holes and, and, and protecting the quarterbacks. And, and it, it just, you know, we, they don't make offensive linemen like that anymore. Yeah. Will Will Shields, that's definitely like, I didn't, I mean, that's not. I didn't get to see him play, but watching his highlights, he was he was a wrecking ball, and that was we that was a guy that uh, we haven't had an interior was, guy like that since. You know, I would. That is definitely a guy I would I would follow going through the hole. He'd yeah, uh, run it, lead me to the end zone. That's the guy who I would 
I would be following. Well, and, and you, you think about it, you know, it's, 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 they talk about these running backs that the Chiefs have had. They've had a long list of great running backs, you know, all the, going all the way back to Marcus Allen, which Marcus Allen was a great running back before his time with the Chiefs. But he, you know, you know, Priest Holmes and Larry Johnson and, and those guys, they, they all got their, their, you know, their numbers because of a, not not just because of a great offensive line, but but a lot of it was due to that offensive line. You know, I remember a game against uh, the Falcons, I think in 05, and, and I don't have a stat sheet up, so I'm not I'm not pulling this from any source or anything. This is just straight from memory. But but uh, I remember, I believe it was Priest Holmes had like four touchdowns, and then we were blowing out the Falcons, and then uh, they put in a guy Derek Blaylock, who was kind of an unknown guy, and then he went on to have like four touchdowns. I think we. Ran, Rush for eight touchdowns in that game, and and you might have to fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure eight was the number. And and for a guy like Derek Blaylock, who could get you know stats and big numbers, and then go on to do nothing else, that's a that's a testament to how great the offensive line was uh, during those days. And Will Shields was a lot of that. Yeah, that's that just it doesn't seem like they make many offensive linemen like that anymore and it's definitely definitely hard to find find guys like that anymore uh it's they're diamonds in the rough it seems yeah absolutely absolutely and uh you know and, and like i said we with 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 the way our interior is um it uh it definitely is um uh it, it, it is it is a shame that we we can't uh, we can't find something like that now. Uh, maybe we will. Maybe we've we've drafted a a couple guys that maybe could step into that role or something like that. But I did fact check myself on that game, and uh, it was a 2004 game. My apologies, and uh, and Priest Holmes actually sprained his ankle, which that goes back to us talking about our uh, <laughs> how how he was injury prone, and then Derek Blaylock stepped in and scored four touchdowns. Uh, but it was after uh, it was after Priest had already had four, and we uh, believe we won the game fifty six to ten. <laughs> it was uh, it was a blowout. Priest Priest could have Priest probably could have just had the showers without spraining his ankle. We we pretty much had it covered. But uh, that was the Michael Vick days too. A little fun fact, but but uh, it's definitely a blowout by the Chiefs. So uh, who, who do you have? Uh, who do you have with your uh, number two guy? So this is uh, kind of excited with this one, but uh, now before before I tell you before I release the name of who I have, I I don't I don't want to. I he did go to a different team in his last year, but he was he was a. I mean, he was a guy, a Chiefs guy, from pretty much what you said, a Chiefs guy from day one. I mean, he was he showed up to work, he put his head down, he he grinded, I, he busted, he busted his butt. Uh, he was a leader of the defense, and he was a leader of the middle of the defense. And I, my number two is Derek Johnson. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, <clears throat> there's. You know, I mean, if you're a Chiefs fan, Derek Johnson, I mean, that's the that's the guy. That is the guy. I mean, he he spent most, not most, he spent all of his career here in Kansas City. I don't count his six games in Oakland as 
uh, anything. I mean, really, uh, he, there was no stats. There wasn't, I mean, he had 14 solo tackles and three assists. Um, but, and he did that in six games. So, I mean, yeah, DJ, DJ the, was a beast. The, you know, I, I, oh, yeah. I, I mean, he was he, one of my favorites. Was, uh, he was, he was with the Chiefs from 2005 up to 2017. He's, and he had the chance to win. I mean, he saw the playoffs five times here in Kansas City in 2006, 10, 13, 15, and 17. And those were five times he could have won a ring. And they never got it done. <laughs> and that is, for me reading that, that kind of makes me sick to my stomach. and makes me really, like, kind of sad for him because he – all the work that he put in and how, how much he busted his butt and, and he, had, know, he had to fight for the, his, all... his job back with when Todd Haley yeah. took over Todd Haley made him a backup and so he had to fight for his starting role back and exactly and all that he did for the organization and everything that he did for that defense I mean hands down that's that is the that's that is the one guy that I mean and there's not, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I feel like there's a lot that I, I feel like I've said it a lot throughout the show of like, uh, I mean, there's, there's not much you can say about this guy or that guy or whatever, but like DJ is the man. DJ was that guy. Yeah. Like straight yeah. up DJ was. Well, just, I remember you, know, you, you watch those, you watch those highlights of him just like completely destroying you know, I, I the the one against the Raiders comes to mind where it's the they do that screen pass out to the running back and he just saw it the whole time. He had that he oh, had yeah. he had that that athleticism to run down running backs, but he also had had it upstairs mentally to to be able to read what the offense was going to do and know know what the what play was going to happen when it ha- before it would happen. I mean, he had a he had a smart football IQ, and I remember in that that god awful uh playoff game against the Titans, he uh, lit Marcus Murray uh, up. The forward I progress. Mean, went, uh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean when he I mean there was a giant gaping hole that opened and he just lit Mariota up. Yeah. And that was it was amazing. Like that's Probably, probably the worst call. One of the worst calls in Chiefs history was that, that them calling that forward progress. He didn't. He didn't even know that Derek Johnson was there. There was no time for him to go forward. Derek Johnson depleted him. He fumbled the ball. It should have been the Chiefs ball. And I'm going to get upset that you brought that up. <laughs> uh, well, hey, I I remember. I don't remember what I said, but I remember calling into. Uh, I don't. Rem- I think it was eight ten, and uh, oh, I was I went off that night <laughs> yeah. after after the game. Yeah. I was like, oh, uh, I was so mad. I was I probably I too was intoxicated like, to call into any radio show. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, it was that yeah. was, that game was rough, but I mean, all jokes and everything aside, I mean, DJ was that man, and he's he's the guy that yeah. I would love to see come back and win a ring with the Chiefs, and he. I mean, he had five opportunities, and uh, I mean, it's it's crazy because he had his career stat. He had 955 solo tackles. 
I know, I know some of those, a few of them came with the Raiders, but still yeah. like that is a huge, like a large amount of tackles. Yeah. That's it's insane. He's, he's also another guy, you know, we talked about Eric Berry about maybe post post football, whether he'd go into a coaching role. I, I honestly believe Derek Johnson could do, could do the same thing. He was just because of his football IQ. He, he had, he had a great locker room presence. He was, he was, he was real good with the, with his teammates. And I think that would translate to a coaching position pretty well. Um, I'm going to move on to my, my number one. And uh, I'm going to kind of, kind of uh, speak for you a little bit. Yes. Yes. This is, this is the one, this is the one guy that we were able to agree on. Although I will say DJ and Eric Berry uh, on your list that I'm a little surprised I didn't have them on mine. Uh, It just, I maybe just cause I remember uh, players from, from farther in the, in the past. I like to cling to that 2003 season, but with our number one, me and Roman both picked uh, Derek Thomas and rightly so. Uh, Derek Thomas was the the cornerstone of the '90s defense for the Chiefs. He, uh, you know, nine time Pro Bowler. Uh, he only played eleven years. You know, obviously, tragically lost his life in a car crash uh, in two thousand. Um, but he I mean, was, if so, real quick, if I can, I'm so sorry if no, I can cut ahead. in. So, did you ever did you ever watch that thing on uh, NFL Network on Derek Thomas? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> um, so I believe was it Neil who um uh, Neil was on that show, yeah. Yeah, uh it was either Neil Smith or, or somebody else. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Marty Schottheimer or somebody, but they were saying uh he said Derek Thomas, he was always in a hurry to get to where he was going. <laughs> he was always wanting to go so fast and just Yeah, they they, was, they said he was late to practice a lot too. And, uh, yeah, he was he was trying to get to St. Louis to watch what the Rams were in, I believe, playing in the. I think it was the NFC, NFC Champion. Champion. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and he was he was traveling on I seventy yeah. or something and hit a patch of ice and the rest very, is very you know, unfortunate. Unfortunately, very unfortunate. Yeah. It was it was a, a very very sad day in the Chiefs' kingdom and uh, you know I I, I remember it hit me as as a, I was a. I think a, a sophomore at the time. It hit me pretty hard. He, he was definitely a guy I grew up watching. He was a childhood hero. I think I mentioned on a previous podcast that I uh, I've named one of my children after him because he was he was that important to my childhood and uh, just someone I loved watching. And uh, you know, I I I I said to my wife after the 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 Super Bowl this year, I was like, you know, it would the the one guy who really deserved this was Derek Thomas and, and and it's a shame that he didn't uh he didn't get it you know in 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 90 he set the single game sack record for set with seven sacks um against the Seahawks which if he would have got the eighth one they would have won that game but he missed uh Dave Craig and Dave Craig threw the game when he passed um you know it's uh, I remember watching that highlight that was, <laughs> that's that, that how, was how 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 brutal would that be knowing that you played that kind of game but if you could have done just a tad bit more you would have won <laughs> as, I mean as a former football player and being in some of those positions I mean not my not me personally but I mean being on a team where there's just where you could have where we could have just done a little bit more, just that one play or doing just a little bit more could have put us, put us at the top. 
and knew knew even though he knew the writing was on the wall that the that his his time with Kansas City was going to be up it it uh he still he still showed him some things and and Pat's even said himself that he has a lot to he has a lot to thank Alex Smith for so um that's my honorable mention um and that's that's our list uh uh in its entirety I I you know Give us a shout out if you disagree with any of it, or if you you know want to comment on any of these players. Um, I do I do want to close the show uh, with saying uh, I'd like to take an opportunity to speak about the tragic events happening across our country. Uh, racism, inequality, and discrimination are unequivocally wrong, and yet we see it regularly in today's society. We're angered about how something so unspeakable could happen to George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery. The protests that are going on right now are a demonstration of how hurt many of us feel. And Roman and I would like to send our deepest condolences to the families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmed Arbery. Chiefs fans, thank you for listening once again. Uh, Roman, let's let's do this again next week. Yep, we'll be right back here again next week, and uh, we'll get it we'll get it kicking off again. Let's uh, looking forward to it. Absolutely. For Roman Metcalf, I'm Sean Dixon, and this has been another episode of Kingdom Rewind. Later, Chiefs fans.